Okay, let's get into today's Perek, Perek Yutes. Here we are in Sefer Malachim Aleph. We have just had the amazing story of Elio Bahara Carmel, where he disproved the uh, people who worshipped the Baal. He killed them all, and all of Klaisal declared Hashem Hu Elokim. And hopefully we have finished... The, that Parsha of history, and it started raining, he davened, and the clouds came, but as we will see, it is not so simple. This parak discusses that, uh, that Achav, who recognized HaKadosh Baruch Hu, at least somewhat, after this event, goes back to his, his wicked wife, Izevel, and says to her everything that occurred, and instead of recognizing and saying, oh, I'm going to be nervous, she says, I'm going to kill Elio. Call Yosef, and he says, sends a message to Elio, I'm going to kill you, you better, you better run for your life, because tomorrow by this time, I am going to kill you like you killed all the Nevi'e Habal. Amazing uh, reaction that she has. Elio gets up, he runs to Beersheba. He leaves his Na'ar, which we'll see Be'er later on, is Elisha, his uh, student, the next Navi that's going to be the leader. And he goes into the desert. He goes onto a Rotem Echad. He goes onto a tree. And he asks HaKadosh Baruch Hu, he says, enough. He says, just kill me now. He says, I've, I've had enough. Ki Please, let me die. Unbelievable. Vayishka he lies under the tree. A Malach comes and touches him and says, no, please come. Come eat. He had nothing to eat. He was starving. And he gets up, he eats a little bit, and he goes back and lies down again. And the Malach again comes and says, touches him and says, please get up and eat, because you have a long journey in front of you. He says, okay, he eats, and with that eating, he travels for 40 days and 40 nights. We know that's a unit in Halacha, until Har Sinai. He comes all the way to Har Elokim Chorev, and he goes into the Ma'ara, he goes into a cave there, and Hashem comes to him and says, Elio, what's happening? And Elio says, I'll repeat, I have been a zealous um, advocate for HaKadosh Baruch Hu, for everything that you stand for, but B'nai Yisrael aren't following the ways. They've, I've destroyed the Mizbechos and the Nevi'im I've killed, but I'm still the only one here. And now they want to kill me. What am I supposed to do? So HaKadosh Baruch Hu says to Elio, I have a job for you and I will protect you. Go and I will show you something. And then there's this famous vision that Hashem makes an unbelievable wind come and Hashem is not in the wind. And then noise, lo barash Hashem. And then fire. And then finally after all of these visions, called mamadaka. A small, very quiet sound. Elio hears that. He covers his face because he realizes it's the covenant Hashem coming. And Hashem again says, Malachapo Elio. And Elio Anavi again says, I have been a zealot, Kano Kinesi, which by the way is the same Lashon used by Pinchas. That's why this parak is the Haftorah for Parshas Pinchas. And Elio complains, they just want to kill me. Hashem says, okay. Go to Damascus. Go to Damascus. Appoint Chazael, king of Aram. And Yehu, appoint him as the leader of Yisrael. And Elisha, your student, appoint as the next Navi instead of you. And don't worry, all the people who are over about Azar are going to be killed. Elisha is going to be in charge. And you have nothing to worry about. And at the end of this parak, we have the some tra- giving over of the rain, so to speak, to Elisha. He goes, Elisha's in the middle of plowing his field. He goes and puts his cloak over Elisha a symbolic way of telling him to come. Elisha says, okay, just give me a minute. He goes back to his parents. He gives them a kiss. He goes and checks some carbonos and gives it to the people around him. And then he goes with Elio Hanavi. So this is the parak, the last parak, really, of Elio Hanavi and Achav, the reaction of Isevel and the transferring to 
to uh, Elisha. So here we go. Now let's go back to and analyze the parak a little more deeply. Says the the uh, first pasuk. Pasuk Yotest. Vatishlach Izevel Malach. I'm sorry. Pasuk Yotah. Pasuk Aleph. Vayagid Yachav Izevel is Kolasher Asel Yehu. Achav tells Izevel his wife, everything that happened, and that he had killed all of the Nevi'im. If you look in this Pasuk, it says the word, call three times. Call this, call that, call that, says the Abarbanel. The emphasis that Achav is saying, this was a super duper, unbelievable event. And he is overflowing with adjectives. And he's telling Izevel, you have to realize what what happened. And uh, Marbamanel says the the three calls are really for three things. Number one, the call of the fire that came down from heaven and burned everything up. Number two, that he killed every one of the false prophets. Not one of them got away. And Vashlishi, and number three, of all of the... Um, a weak old man was able to kill all those 450 men. Not only was he old and able to kill, but he killed all of them and nobody got away. says that was what was amazing. And you have to realize, and Achav seems like uh, he believes a little bit at this point. The Malbim also says he comes back and he was shocked. And maybe that's also why we mentioned at the end of the last parak that Elyon Navi walked him home, didn't let him go by himself. But he emphasized, the Pazak emphasizes, though, that he tells Izevel everything that happened. Vatishlach Izevel Malach El Elio Lemar. Izevel sends a Malach to Elio to say what? To say we would think, okay, I believe, no. He says, she threatens him. Ko Yasun Alakim Vako Yosifun. Kikes Machar tomorrow, I'm going to have your soul. I'm going to kill you, so you better be careful. An unbelievable reaction that Izevel has. If you look in the uh, if you th- in the Mishmah Zozov, he suggests that maybe Achav at least was a Mizera Yisrael. Right? Izevel, as we know, came from the Umos Olam. She came from the Komrim. She came from a pure Ovid Avodazar family. So maybe even after this unbelievable event, uh, nothing was able to Nothing was able to move her. There is another suggestion that he has, is that maybe Izevel realized what was going on. And she realized that everybody was going to start believing in Hashem. And she didn't want that. But she knew that if she threatens Elio, he wasn't going to be so mechalanes. He would run away. She thinks of a plan. How do I get rid of the hashpa of Elio Anavi? By threatening him. So she runs away, and in that way, she will be able. And she said, she assumes her husband will be able to uh, come back to not believing very soon. And in that way, she will be able to get rid of, of Elio. So even if she believed this was the, this was the plan. So that's what happens. He threatens, she threatens him, and Elio starts running away. He runs for his life. He runs for his life. He doesn't know what to do. The Malbim suggests that he's running to the desert because, you know, a Navi, he tries to be Mashpia his whole life, but he also likes to be misbodate. He likes to have his own spiritual growth. Right now, he feels it's finished. He doesn't have any more work to do. So he goes to the Midbar to be able to raise himself up. So he comes to Beersheba. He leaves his Nar there, and he starts going to the desert by himself. And he asked to die. Take my soul. What exactly is he suggesting here? What is he suggesting? So if you look at the Malbim, the Malbim is saying that, that Elio is saying, look, I have a tachlis in life. I fulfilled my tachlis. I was meant to disprove the Nevi'ah Habal. I disproved them. So what else is there for me to do? 
I'm done. I've tried. They're not going to listen, which obviously, even though they said Hashem Elokim, he doesn't feel that it's going to last. So says the Malbim, he says, Ki atzmo, zmaniim. So he says, I'm finished. He recognized that. Rabbi Yaakov Kamenetsky points out that this is different than Moshe's very similar Lashon. Remember Moshe Rabbeinu after the Egel? He says to Hashem, Hashem, if you don't save Klai Yisrael, Mechini Namasifrachashakasaf, to erase my name. And that's why Moshe's name is not in Parshish Tetzaveh. But it's very different. There, it was a form of Tefillah. When Moshe says, I'm out of here if you don't save them. That was basically saying to Hashem, please save them. Elion Navi wasn't saying that here. Elion Navi was really giving up. Says Rabbi Yaakov, Ki abakashela Moshe etzal Moshe, hitsura misuyem eshel tefillah, tahainu, she Moshe Rabbeinu ta'an, she b'matzav kazeh, she nimsobo klal Yisrael, ain lo chayim. If they're like this, if they're so far, it's not worth it for me to live. I can't. I can't. And he was in such pain that he was trying to get a Kaddish Baruch Hu to forgive them. Masha'en kein, when it comes to Elio Navi, he says this wasn't this wasn't anything uh, specific. I have no other um, idea. I have no other tachlis to be able to to save these people. So therefore, just just remove me. Just remove me. Interesting suggestion. The uh, Rabbeinu Machai, just before that, along these lines, says there were three people that used similar type of Lashonos, of I'd rather die. Moshe Rabbeinu, and you have uh, Elion Avi here, but there's also one other person in Tanakh, Yonah. Yonah ben Amitai. Yonah says, Three of the greats. Three of the greats. But each one of them is a little different. As we just noted, the difference where the Rabbi Yaakov has between Moshe and, and Eliyahu. Another suggestion I, that some of the Achronim uh, say is that maybe Eliyahu Navi, obviously he's the symbol of Geula, he wanted to figure out a way to bring the Geula. And if Bnei Yisrael aren't Ro'i totally... So there is another Chazal that says that maybe if they're totally not Ra'ui, the opposite, Dar Shakul Ochayev. So Leon Avi says, I'm the only one left. So if you kill me, the Dar will be Ochayev, and then the Gula would have to come. So trying to use HaKadosh Baruch Hu's Svara against himself, so to speak, he says maybe that would, maybe that would work. But either way, that's what he says. He says, Lo tova avosai, so kill me. Vayishkava Yishani lies down. Again, it reminds us of Yonah even also under the tree. Vineze malach no geabo. A malach touches him. What's the language of a malach touching him? Usually a malach communicates what's touching. Says the Meshachachma, we know that usually for Nevuah, a Navi has to prepare himself. Not like Moshe Rabbeinu. Moshe Rabbeinu we know is unique. It's one of the Animamans. The four differences the Ramam has between Moshe Rabbeinu and the other Nevi'im. Moshe can start the conversation. Moshe's awake. Moshe sees it clearly and he doesn't have riddles. Right? So he, and he doesn't have to, he always has to be ready. And that's what Moshe, that's what Aaron and Miriam didn't understand about Moshe. That he has to be ready all the time. But once in a while, Hashem will give Nevuah even if somebody is not ready for it, if somebody was not making themselves, as we know by Bilam, Bilam and Lavan, right, they received Nevuah not because they were ready, they weren't ready for it. Says the Meshachachma, maybe that's also the language of Nogeya. Nogeya, if somebody was not Roy, somebody's just trying to jump the normal path to Nevuah. He says this on the Pasuk in Parshas Yisro, Lo Siga Boyad. Even if, says the Meshachachma, you want to jump onto Arsinai and be Zochet to Nevuah, you have to go through the proper channels. You can't jump. 
Lotiga Boyad. And that's the lotion of Naga here. He quotes this Pasuk. To me, really, the Navi wasn't interested. He wasn't focused. He was going to sleep. But a Baruch Hu, Amala comes and touches him and gives him Nevuah and tells him to eat. So Eliyahu Navi continues, he wakes up, he eats a little bit, and then he goes back to sleep. He only ate a little bit. He only ate a little bit, he didn't eat much. The Malach wakes him up again and says, no, eat this whole thing. And what happens? And then he goes, and Bekoach, the Pasuk interestingly says, 40 days and 40 nights. Of course, this reminds us of Harsinai. The Medrash tells us nine parallels between Moshe Rabbeinu and Elio Anavi. Moshe Barach, Moshe Barach, Moshe, Barach, Moshe ran away from Paro and Elio ran away from Izevel. Moshe ran to the Be'er and Elio runs to Beersheba. Moshe says, and what did we have in a few psukim? Elio hides in the cave and Vahine Hashem Over. Moshe hears the call. Elio hears the call. Moshe hides in the cave. Elio hides in the same cave as we'll see. All these parallels. Moshe comes to the Midbar and Moshe are 40 days and 40 nights on our Sinai. Elio and Navi takes 40 days and 40 nights to get to our Sinai. But either way, there are many parallels between Moshe and Elio and Navi. It makes us, reminds us even of the We've quoted the Medrash in the past on the Pasuk in Shmos where Moshe Rabbeinu did not want to go to Mitzrayim. He's bargaining with Hashem. No, to send somebody else, send somebody else. And he says, which Rashi says means Aaron. He says, send Aaron. But the Medrash says there's another meaning. Send Elio. Moshe says, send Elio. Don't send me. There's a parallel between Moshe and Elio. The Pshat being there, send Elio. Elio Novi is the end of history. Moshe says, don't send me, which is the beginning of a long Geula and Galus and Geula up and down. But send Elio Novi. Just skip to the end. But that was not meant to be. But either way, there are many parallels here that we have between Moshe and Elio. So what happens? He 40 days and 40 nights. And the Malach says, with this eating, it's going to last you for 40 days and 40 nights. The Radak says a little different than Moshe. Moshe doesn't have any eating. The nace was that he didn't eat, didn't drink at all. While here it says he ate, and the nace was that it stayed in his intestines. It gave him nourishment for all those 40 days and 40 nights that he traveled to Harsinai. He comes to the cave, which Rashi quotes is the same cave that Moshe sat in after the Ego, right? the Pesuk, the laning for, for a fast day. And Hashem says, Elio Navi, what could I do? Vayomer and Elio Navi says, Kano, Kinesi, Lashem, I've been a zealot, and B'nai Yisrael aren't following, and I've had enough, I'm the only one, I'm the only one left. There is a Pirkei of Belazar, which a number uh, one might be familiar with, and that is picking up on this line. They have violated the bris. That's what Elionavi says. They violated your covenant. What's he referring to? He's referring to bris milah. The Pirkei Derba Lazar. <laughs> it Perachavtes says, V'kacho Yisrael nuhukin lamul atchenech lushtei mamlachos. But Yisrael did ma- did bris milah throughout the centuries. From Yisrael, from, from the Cayman to Eretz Yisrael, all the years they always did bris milah until the Malchus split. Into Yehuda and Yisrael. Umalchus Ephraim manu mehemesamila. The Malchus, Malchus Yisrael, stopped doing brismila. Va'amad Elio zachulato ve'kine kine gadola. Elio Navi was very angry about it. Ve'nishmal shemayim, and that's part of why he was gozer the the drought. No rain. V'shame Izevo Bichal Arogos when Izevo wanted to kill him. Elmar Eliyahu by his father Nekadosh Baruch Hu. And we have the this perek, our the psukim in our perek are. Are uh, are mentioned there, and then he says, "Amad Elio Baruch Meirat Yisrael v'Nimlat," and he runs. And Hakadosh Baruch Hu says, "Kanok, what are you doing?" And he says, "Kanok Kanisi," and Hashem says, "The end of the parak Chayecha 
Sha'in Yisrael Osin Brismila at Sha'ata Roa Be'inecha. You think they don't, they're not treating the bris? That's only a temporary measure. They keep brismila. They are most nefesh for brismila. And Elio and Navi, just because you said they weren't, uh, they weren't Naaman, you're gonna have to go to every brismila for the rest of history. Mikan is kinu chachamim, she osim moshav kavid lamalachabris. Shinemar malachabris is jaratem chafetsim, hine ba. As we know, Elio and Navi comes to every bris because of this pasik where he complained that Am Yisrael aren't keeping the bris. They weren't! But he had to know that deep down that they were Naaman they were Naaman people. So what does he say? I'm the only one left. Which I, we said earlier meant that even though Klai Yisrael had said in the previous parak, Hashem Elokim, he didn't think that it was going to last. Vayomer, and Hashem says, Save Yamatabar Hashem. Go out and stand, come out of the cave, be in front of the mountain. Vini Hashem over, Hashem is going to pass. Right, similar to Moshe Rabbeinu, as we said. V'ruach a huge wind is going to come, breaking mountains, lo baruach Hashem. And then there's going to be rash noise, lo barash Hashem. And after rash eish, lo ba'esh Hashem. And only afterwards, called Mamadaka. Major uh, discussion in the Mepharshim, what is this vision that Elionavi is seeing? He's seeing a strong wind and fire and noise, and finally at the end, a little slight called Mamadaka. So there's a Machlokas Rishonim, what is happening here. If you look in the Radak, the Radak here says, this is a reward. Elio Navi was one of the most unbelievable Nevi'im. He brought a tremendous Kiddush Hashem, last parak, Elio Bara Carmel. So this is Hashem's reward. He allows him to see Kvod Hashem as much as is, is humanly possible. As much as humanly possible. That's the, it's a, it's a reward. But most Mepharshim assume not that way. The Ralbag and the Malbim and others say no. This is a Tochacha. You think it's, uh, you have to do it with anger and screaming. You also, Eliyahu, you're right. They they were shocked into it there. But now you have to go quietly. Now you have to go and teach them. Kolt mamadaka. You have to do it with love. You have to do it with with patience. That's what the Malbim here says. You have to do it with ki Hashem yishlachas neviav sheyavo aleihem b'kolt mama ve'yimshechu esa'am ba'avosos ha'ahava. With love, with ropes of love, says the Malbim. You gotta bring him in. And that's the message. With, after all of these amazing things, there's a, a small, quiet voice. That's how you bring, bring people together. That phrase probably is most well known by the Chazonish. The Chazonish in the has a well known paragraph where he discusses the topic of people who are not from Bismanazeh, Chilonim, people who are uh, anti religious. He says all the halachas that are mentioned in the Gemara about Morita Velomalin, about treating them negatively, do not apply today. Because that's not how we bring people back to Akadish Baruch Hu by being very Harsh with them. Avo bismana helam shenichrasa haemuna mindalas haam says the bachazonish ain b'maisa orada gedder apirza elo safas apirza. If you're mean to them, they're going to go in farther from Yiddishkeit. The kivan shekal atzmenu l'sakenes hadin noeg b'shar shein botikun va'alenu lachziram ba'avosos ha'ava. Same lush in the Malbim used. We have to bring everybody back with ropes of love. As much as we could do, that's the message that Hashem is giving to Eliyahu Navi here. Don't give up on Klai Yisrael. Don't give up. Don't. Yes, you're strong and you're fighting for them. But you have to also realize they're humans. And if you go to them with, with softness, that could also work. The Radvaz also has a tshuva, just to mention it, in Chelek Vav, uh, tshuva, 2,294, where also he talks about what the message is, why did Hashem make Elio Navi schlep to Harsinai, to walk 40 days and 40 nights, just talk to him where he is, 
No, he wanted to bring him back and show him the zchus of Moshe Rabbeinu. Moshe Rabbeinu was also complained, but he didn't complain and just say forget it. He said he complained that he needs help or don't. To, don't uh, destroy them. But if you're going to destroy them, take me out of it. Moshe never gave up. Like, excuse me, Avram never gave up, and that was the message for for Eliyahu Navi with this with this vision. Again, there's a lot more on the vision, but but we'll continue. When Eliyahu Navi saw this vision of Hakadosh Baruch Hu, he hides his face. Also similar to what uh, Moshe Rabbeinu did. And finally, Hashem says, "Okay." I'm going to give you a message. You're going to have to transfer the reins now. Why? Rashi says right here, You're right. I need you for history. You're going to be a Yoha Navi, the Goel, but you can't be my Navi anymore because you're not able to relate to the people. You just have given up, given up hope on them. So forget it. So I'm going to help you transfer the reins. Go to Chazal, the king of Aram, and Yehu, the king of Yisrael, and it says anoint them, but it really means appoint them. They're going to end up taking care of all the Ovdi Avodah Elisha ben Shaphat, your Talmud, anoint and make him the uh, Navi in your stead, and anyone who escapes the sword of Chazael, Yehu will kill. And whoever escapes both of theirs, Elisha will kill. But either way, everything, there's going to be a Midah, Kenegh, and Midah, everybody's going to get their just, their just punishment. The Radak here says, why does it say Elisha's going to get everybody in the end? Because after the rebuke that they have heard from you, it's even worse now that they don't do tshuva. If somebody doesn't do tshuva and they don't know better, fine. But if somebody gives rebuke and then they don't do tshuva, that's even worse. And that's why if Chaim Shmulevitz writes, before we ever give tochacha, before anybody ever gives tochacha, we have to weigh it with the fact of, do we really think there's a chance that it's going to be listened to? If it's not going to be listened to, it's better not saying it. Because, as the Gemara says, Mutav Shogigin, If somebody's amazed, if somebody is given the chance to repent and then doesn't, so that makes it even worse. We like to quote the Gemara on the last off in Yuma. The great Gemara about uh, the butcher that got into a fight with Rav, and it was Erev Yom Kippur, and Rav, you know, uh, is walking to the butcher, and one of his friends, one of the other Amaram sees him and says, where are you going? He says, I'm going to go and have the butcher ask me forgiveness. He says, don't go! You're going to kill the butcher! Rav goes anyway, and Rav stands into the store, and the butcher says, who is that? Rav, get out of here, I'm not interested! And the very next minute, the butcher uh, hits himself in the head with uh, with, uh, with a bone, and the butcher dies. And the shot is, the question is, What's uh, what 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 happened there? How did why did Rav end up killing him, so to speak, indirectly? And the answer is because he went to make himself available. He gave him the chance. So here too, that's exactly what the Radak says here on Pasuk Yuzayin. You give him the they gave him a chance to do tshuva. If they didn't, that makes it even worse. So what happened? The reins are transferred here at the end of the parak. Eliyahu Navi puts his. Uh, cloak over Elisha, as if to say, come with me, and he uh, does that, he uh, gets the message, he goes back to um, El, uh, his parents, Elio is, is informed by Elisha that he's just going to go to his parents to say goodbye, let me go just go say goodbye to my parents, Rabbi Yaakov Kabaneski discusses here, he didn't say goodbye to his wife, there's no raya, whether he had a wife or not, there is a mystery whether Eliyahu or Elisha were married, not clear in the Pesukim whether they were married. And Rabbi Yaakov says, and even though the Poskim discuss whether Ashes Elio 
was an almana, was a grusha, right? He went up to Shemayim. Could she get remarried? doesn't mean that he actually had one. It just means theoretically, you know, if he would have had one, what would be the din? But either way, Elisha goes, says goodbye to his parents, and then goes and follows Eliyahu. Last, pus, last word, Vayisharsehu. And he services him. And this is the makar also in the Gemara and Brachas, Gedola Shimusha Yosem Milimuta. You can't just learn from a Rebbe. You have to watch a Rebbe. You have to live with a Rebbe. You have to try to get as much from a Rebbe as one could get in all areas of life. And the makar for that is Elisha and Elio. So we'll see more in the coming prakim about their relationship. Okay, we'll stop here. We have only a couple more prakim, three more prakim left to Sefer Melachim Aleph.